Hi, with CP Podcast listeners. This is your host, Julia, and it is October 17th, Monday. It is currently 8.34, and I'm sitting at Cafe Duet in Pennsylvania. Are we in Stroudsburg right now? Yes, we are. We are in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, um, and I am sitting at a table with about five other folks made up of staff, volunteers, um, and we are on the very last uh, morning of our fieldwork canvassing trip here. We've been here since Thursday. Um, and yeah, we're on we're on the very last day, travel day. We're all about to head back to home or off to other states. So I'll just go around and have folks introduce themselves real quick. It'll probably be a little hard to distinguish voices, but eh, good enough. So I'm Julia, I'm the host. Um, I am the Development associate at CP. I'm Charles. Uh, I'm at CP too. <laughs> Hi, I'm Lois. I'm a first-time volunteer. And I'm Randy. We're from Seattle. I'm Ben. Fieldwork CP. I'm Beatrice, also a volunteer. So, um, is this my water, by the way? Just okay. This is my water. Okay. So we're eating, by the way. So, um, let me think. So Beatrice, this was your first time canvassing on this trip. How did it go for you? It went pretty well. I was a little surprised at how friendly most most of the people were were, but it was. I feel like I had some really good engagements, and I had a really nice time. She was a natural. Immediately, she was a natural. <laughs> And, and she wasn't even sure she was what she was doing out here, actually. Uh, she was just here to be with her friend, Ben. That's not true. <laughs> it's actually quite true. <laughs> it's partially true. <laughs> so, Ben, what happened? how did you loop Beatrice into uh, this trip? I think we were just talking about my work one day, and I told her that I might have a chance to be in Pennsylvania. And then she just said, oh, sweet, let me know. I'll, become, I'll come with you. And I was like, oh, dope. I was just going to ask you anyway. <laughs> and then two months later, details came out about exact dates. Yeah, it was really I invited myself on, along on her work trip, not knowing exactly what it would, be, would entail. So, it's, so, you know, responsibility is kind of divided. <laughs> <laughs> we both thought we were on the same page. <laughs> That's good. I think we were. Our, it's just that our page is chaos. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, Lois and Randy, how did you um, end up on this trip? Uh, well, we were in Pennsylvania naturally for three weeks prior to this, uh, visiting our son, uh, daughter-in-law, and new granddaughter. So the dates of this uh, canvassing trip aligned very well with our other trips, so it made the air travel efficient. Yeah, um, this was a great trip for me. I thought uh, I learned a lot, and it was really good to get out and talk to some voters. I think one thing I wanted to mention was we, sometimes we thought it was a little frustrating at first because we were in rural areas where we had to drive quite a ways from one house to another. But then we, at least I realized that some of these voters, they're surrounded by Republicans maybe in, in rural areas, and they were really glad to see friendly faces at the door, and many of them wanted to hear about the candidates and wanted to chat with us and met some first-time voters who didn't know they had to register soon and things like that. So it was very, uh, thank you, it was very peaceful, I thought, to be out in those areas. Thanks a lot. Who's coming? Who's good? I think that's mine. Well, you, you, all, you all are not 
new to CP, right? You'll have been around for for a few years now. So this is your, but this is your first time knocking on doors, right? With, with CP. With CP. Yeah, with yeah CP. we've done some some canvassing before, but it's been a while. So this was our first CP trip. Nice. Yeah. So. What I really appreciated about this trip, of course I talked to a lot of interesting voters, but what I, what I really appreciated was working with seasoned CP uh, folks that had different styles at the door and different ways of doing things. And I really appreciated knocking doors with multiracial and multi-age groups of people. And I thought that was very powerful for someone opening the door to see a variety of canvassers uh, sharing the same values. Yeah, I think um, to uh, Randy's point, so it was really interesting this time around canvassing for me just because um, it was very different turf than I've worked before. When I've gone to Wisconsin and Virginia, a lot of the turf was very urban, very um, central to the city. All the houses are literally right next door to each other, so you can knock on one door and then finish up, and within like 30 seconds, you're at the next door. But um, here, out in rural, we were really in rural Pennsylvania, um, literally out in the woods, um, going down these like dirt dirt trails. Charles and I drove through like a forest at one point for a second. Um, and all the houses are quite far away from each other and they're quite out in the middle of the nowhere. Um, I was a little nervous, honestly, knocking in um, such rural places because, uh, you know, my normal assumption is that if we're out in the boonies, then it's a bunch of Republicans. But actually, you'd get down to the end of a really long, windy dirt road and knock on the door and you'd be like, hey, like, we have some Democratic candidates we're supporting. Are you going to support them as well? And they're like, yes, I absolutely am a hardcore Democratic and a uh, Democrat. And you're like, wow. You're yeah. just you're just out here with the deer. <laughs> yeah, I think I think one one of the things that is that's, that's really cool. I said this in the car before is that knocking on doors has like blasted my biases away. Um, there are many doors I go up to and I see an American flag on the truck and like you said, it's out in the woods and I assume that this is like these are Republicans and you know they open the door and it's a black family and they're totally Democrat and. Um, it's like exactly the opposite of what you thought it would be. And then, you know, in the neighborhood we were knocking on, there's an entire black neighborhood in the woods. I didn't even know that existed. I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and so I've, this is, it's always educational and it always, um, it challenges those assumptions that you come with, right? It challenges your fears that you have and it makes you, you respect the diversity that is natural to America that's been here for generations. To that point, though, something that our partner at the campaign office said was that Pennsylvania is very much of like a zigzag state where people would vote on um, either side of the ballot, actually. It's not just like a straight ticket down yeah. one side or the other, which made for really interesting conversations where somebody would, li would like literally look at our literature of all the Democratic candidates, and I saw one dude go, yep, 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 like he was checking boxes. I don't know about that one. I don't know. Mm. Yes, yes. Like, it was incredible just to see how, like, you have somebody who can think about their candidate and their platform and not just the party that they're affiliated with. Um, and, it, and it kind of, like, made me think of, like, that's actually how we want democracy to be, 
It's yeah. how you, it's like for you to be able to research people, align them with your values, and vote depending on that, and not just straight mindedly partisan. Mm -hmm. So. Okay, so actually that like brings up something. So yesterday when Beatrice and I were knocking on doors together, we actually had about two households in a more dense um, urban central area um, where we were like, hey, like, are you, are you going to support these Democratic candidates? And they were actually like very respectfully just like, oh, like I'd like to do my own research right before the elections. And um, like they didn't necessarily state what party they're affiliated with. They're, they were really just like, I could tell really earnestly and honestly just saying like, I like to do my own research um, on the issues and on the candidates and their positions. So I think that's pretty dope. Yeah. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, yeah, so let's see. Randy and Lois, so since this was your the first time traveling officially with CP, um, did you find anything unique or different about the way we travel or similar to other trips you've taken before? I guess I've never been on a canvassing trip before um, out of my area where I live. So, yes, this was very unique because I'd never done it before. Yeah. I mean, I think it's great the community that CP builds and the fact that, you know, people are together for several days and that we canvass together and then split up into different groups every day so you get to know everyone and, uh -huh. and usually work in teams of two at least. And, and I think that that really adds to the experience definitely for us and it's it's uh it's a good way to do it absolutely i mean we didn't have to eat breakfast together on our way out but we do and beatrice randy and lois are actually driving down to philly right after this and they just met each other two days ago so what what about um what do you think about that beatrice because i feel like you're also someone who doesn't really latch on to people that quickly what, what is it about the CP community that really strikes you these past couple of days? Well, I figured that you know, that you guys know them well enough that they're probably not going to dump my body in one of the woods that we've canvassed through. So I'm willing to take, based on three days of acquaintance and the, your history with them, I'm willing to take that ri risk. It's all, I also, you know, we, we were, I canvassed with Randy for two, for two days and I got to know him a little bit better and found we have a lot of th things in common. We both, they've worked in a place where I've, I've lived and it's, um, it's, it's really easy to find common ground when you're working towards a goal together. Hey, that sounds familiar. Some of us from Seattle also had a 18 innings of a Mariners game to bond over the other night. It was kind of fun. <laughs> I went 18 innings? 18 innings. Oh my gosh, I was driving. Right here, right here. You know what's interesting? Is that um, Charles mentioned earlier that, you know, canvassing out here really challenges your assumptions of people. Um, our partner here, on the very first day, he was explaining the unique uh, political landscape of Pennsylvania, and he was saying that, he's like, you can talk about all these issues, you can talk about the economy, you can talk about inflation, you can talk about gas prices, um, but don't talk about the police. <laughs> he said, because there's a lot of very strong Democrats here who are pro-police, and 
He's like, you are very likely going to encounter houses with um, Blue Lives Matter flags, and they will be super democratic. They will vote for all your candidates, but that's yeah. gonna happen. And what? Yeah, it's, it's fine. It's fine. I mean, that happened yeah. um, to me. That happened to me. I encountered a home with the Blue Lives Matter flag, and I was very nervous going up because in Seattle, that flag means something very different in the city. But uh, I went up, it was a older woman wrangling three little kids, and... Um, oh, so you knocked on one of those doors yourself? I did, yeah. Oh, cool, yeah. cool, cool. You were with me, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we knocked on it. Oh, um, yeah, Lois and I knocked That's on right. it together. I was there. <laughs> um, like, wow, that was a cool experience. And I was like, I was right there again. Yeah. yeah. And she was super... <laughs> in the car. She was super pro-Democrat, um, super sweet. She was like, I support you guys, love you guys, so... Yeah, that was really cool. That was a really interesting experience. That was a good learning, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, so let me ask you then: Does like that experience? What does that tell you about politics or voters in this area? I think in politics in general, nobody's, no candidate is perfect. No candidate is going to meet your views on everything. Um, but you just have to go with the very best choice. Um, and I also think, you know, no party can encompass every person's views on certain issues so i don't know american politics is complicated it's complex um it's not one way or the other and two-party systems great in some ways and it's not so great in others yeah i also talked to a lot of people who were very disillusioned um i think that's pretty normal across all of the trips that i've been on the past year though um and but the thing is that like they they were saying I don't know who to trust anymore. I don't know um, what my vote's gonna do, but I'll still vote. Like, cause they still believe that voting matters, which is incredibly profound, right? So it's almost saying that like, it's not the system that failed them, it's the people that they put into the system. So maybe like we need to do better on our candidates. Yeah. So, oh. You. What do you think about that? What do yeah. you think about? That was a hot take I just threw out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What do you think about her hot take? We need to do better in our candidates. How do we do better? What do you think? I think one way to start to do better on candidates is to get more young people into politics, into political work, and into the system and believing that they can make a difference. And I think that's one thing CP does. same time we're all chewing everybody's munching did you have another question yeah let's see hmm wait Beatrice has thoughts <laughs> I know you do we talked about this a little bit <clears throat> I don't know what you're remembering us talking about but what I was thinking right now is that I've always thought I think that holding public office is such a thankless, grinding task that requires you to be away from your home for so long that it is really difficult to find people who are either who are doing that job like out of the goodness out of, of their hearts and not out of and a desire for power of some sort. Mm -hmm. And because it's just, just why would you if you're from beautiful Washington, why would you want to go and live in Washington D.C. for several months out of the the year only to be yeah. blamed by everyone for everything yeah. all the time. So I think it just, there's, it's 
I think that it's important to recruit more broadly, which I think the Democrats have been doing a better job at more recently. More recently, but they need, they need to keep that that up. So. Mm -hmm. But again, too, like on in addition to that, right? It's just like layers of things that no one can control, really. We like sometimes like I would push and I was like, why are you disillusioned? Why why do you not trust? You know what can we fix? And you're you're telling me that there's nothing you can fix in my life right now. Like what are they? And it's like it's like giant inflation. It's gas prices. It's like stuff misinformation, but also war. You can't just tell people to stop fighting halfway across the world, right? It's gonna have in impacts on us, but. Like your local, the you a U.S. House representative is not going to be able to fix the gas prices because that because Russia because the Saudis this all these things that you have really no influence of, over so it's difficult to it was it was frustrating to hear that hear that over and over again that it was the gas prices and the inflation when really it's that's not something people have control over. And it's a hard thing to hear, too, because you want their elected, elected representatives to be able to fix your problems, but sometimes it's just out of their hands. Yeah. And to a certain degree, I think they also understand that. It's also just they want someone to listen to them. And, I, and sometimes that's, that's all you do at the door. Yeah. Yeah, and I think also you... I mean, they, they mentioned inflation and gas prices, but there are there are other things affecting their lives. They're talking about the things that media has trained them to, to, to talk about and schools and uh, local taxes and um, the availability of resources around, like what types of grocery stores are there or not. Like those are all things that people locally control and that affects their lives. And they don't, they don't bring those to the top just because those are not talking points in, on the in major media, but those are things that your local congressperson actually can affect. And and so I, um, the conversation maybe around politics needs to change. I think that it, it, it is always a national conversation now because of, um, because national media is, they, they dictate the conversation. Um, I think conversations around politics used to be more local, actually, and then and more relevant. That's back when all politics are local used to actually be true, and now it's not as true. Um, it's up to us to, at the doors, shift the conversation towards the things that are actually controllable, that are actually good. You know, the candidates we were talking about were, um, I think they talk, talked about Cartwright brought a, a gas plant into the, you know, into the, the area, and he... He was helped his constituents with the smaller problems that they have locally, and that that matters, and that's why he keeps getting reelected. That's what we're here to talk about. Yeah, Charles, to your point about um, <clears throat> media, that was really interesting. So we're out here canvassing for um, Fetterman for the Pennsylvania Senate, and. Um, there's been a lot of TV ads that have been blasting him, um, describing him as a crook who uh, lets people. Oh, describing. Murderer. Yeah. 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 Um. So that impact definitely reflected in some of the doors we knocked on because you'd be talking to a totally Democratic voter and then they'd say, "Oh, but I don't want to vote for Fetterman because I heard on TV that he releases people out of jail or like murders." 
that he lets murderers out of jails, right? Charles, didn't you have an experience at the farmer's market the other day talking to someone about that? Or is that somebody else? No, it was somebody else. Oh, okay. Was but yeah. Matthew? Someone at the farmer's market was saying like, yeah, I typically vote. I'm going to vote all the all Democratic down my ticket except for Fetterman because, yeah, I heard he lets people out of jail. So it's interesting how um, media also affects our perceptions of these politicians. And it really has a wide scale effect. Yeah. Yeah, so we were not going to endorse for John Fetterman and um, Cartwright. Uh, and then the, the entire Dem ticket. Um, so we'll see how it goes. I mean, I, I'm i pretty hopeful for... I mean, we, there was a, f- a few people who said they weren't going to vote for Fetterman, but I talked to also a few who were like, I have no idea. Tell, tell me about Fetterman. And so I would, would go in and say, you know, this guy's not like a regular politician, and, you know, he, he dresses like you, you know, wearing a hoodie or whatever, and seems really regular and and in some of those conversations he was the only one that they were looking at voting for because he was so normal to them you know quote-unquote normal didn't seem like a regular politician and I think for independent-minded voters like those in Pennsylvania they love outsiders so this guy I mean, John Fetterman's as outsidery as it gets so I, I think there's hope there's hope there exactly all right, well, I think we're going to wrap up the podcast here. We're going to finish our breakfast and um, head out soon. What did you so, get for breakfast? Oh, I got baked eggs. It's you kind ate, of like... You ate all of them. Yeah, I did during this podcast. I tried to order baked eggs, and they were like, we just sold out. And I was like, I bet you. Julie yeah. had the yeah, last one. Yeah, I'm sorry. You had the last one. I know. So Ben stole some of your baked eggs while you were starting the recording, yeah, just so you know. Oh, no, I didn't. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, you're so good. Dang, okay. Mm, right in front of you. And this chorizo breakfast sandwich is delicious. That's the other this secret. So the other secret, what did you get? The okay. croissant with arugula and mushrooms oh, and Gruyere cheese. My gosh. Oh. Okay. So the other, the other secret of these trips is, uh, is the food that you get to experience. It's wonderful. You know, some people just come for the, for like the local experience, and this is, this is what you get. So come join us. Yeah. Come join us. All right, folks, we'll see you in the next podcast episode. Thank you all to those who spoke on this podcast today. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Yeah, thank you. Bye. Take care. See ya.